Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Scene Podcast. I'm Jeremy Safran. TGSP is the top global cannabis podcast. Everyone has questions and we'll cover the stories that matter and showcase the guests who make a difference. This week on TGSP, as the cannabis industry matures, more research is being done looking at the effects of each compound found in the plant. Perhaps one of the most game-changing compounds in cannabis is something called CBD. It's an anti-inflammatory, but then the uses of hemp for cancer, what I've studied, there's about a dozen different cancers that have been studied in depth with medicinal marijuana, with hemp. And so the studies from brain cancer to prostate cancer to pancreatic cancer, uterine cancer, cervical cancer, prostate cancer, it's amazing. On this episode, we'll be speaking with Mason Walker. He owns East Fork Cultivators in Oregon. His company believes in CBD, so much so that they have launched a program called CBD Certified, making sure dispensary staff and patients are educated about what they consume. We launched a program called CBD Certified because we saw a need. There was a large education gap around the science of cannabis and the basic level of effects. We will also be giving you a crash course on what some people call the miracle drug. Cannabis is made of two ingredients, THC, that's the psychoactive part that makes you high, and CBD, also called cannabidiol. CBD is part of the cannabis plant that interacts with your neurosystem to help your body return to homeostasis, which is the term that is literally defined as the stable condition of an organism. Cannabidiol is a cannabinoid, and it is found in fairly high levels in, in cannabis, and it interacts with your primarily your central nervous system and acts as a mediator to help return a lot of your body's systems to homeostasis. And so a really good way to think about CBD, um, our bodies actually create their own set of cannabinoids. They're called endocannabinoids. And a lot of people have uh, low levels of their natural endocannabinoids. And those endocannabinoids kind of moderate the way that their neurological system talks to itself. And so if you, if your neurological system's not talking to itself very well or amongst itself very well, you can have other functions of your body that aren't working quite properly. By introducing cannabinoids from cannabis, uh, we can actually replace those in our body and they sort of mimic the ones that our body naturally makes and get our, get our body kind of back to homeostasis, back to a, a smooth uh, level of function at the neurological level. Perhaps one of the most common questions I get when I talk about CBD is, wait, it doesn't get you high? Mason Walker says it can actually get your functions rolling again. Many people want to get the benefits from medical cannabis, but they also want to go about their day, and they don't want to be stoned. As most people know, cannabis causes a high effect or an intoxicating effect. That is tied largely to a compound called THC. CBD is a, a you know commonly found in cannabis and it is non-intoxicating. It can, however, alter mood a little bit. Uh, it can change your level of focus. It can make it easier to fall asleep for some people. It can affect your appetite. It can affect a lot of things, but in a, in fairly subtle ways. Uh, and the way it does that, it it interacts with your nervous system like we talked about, but without that intoxicating side effect, basically. So it can still do a lot of the functions that our body is not doing by itself if, it, if we have low levels of endocannabinoids. When it goes in there, it can, it can help get those functions rolling again, but uh, in a more subtle way than THC because THC has that side effect of intoxication. 
I asked Mason who should be taking CBD and what kind of benefits to expect. Some of the most uh, foremost research is coming out of Israel right now. So the, the country of Israel subsidized research into cannabis, seeing it as a medical opportunity. Some of the most promising applications for specific elements include uh, neurological disorders like MS and epilepsy and Parkinson's disease. And because CBD interacts directly with your neurological system, it makes sense that we can kind of prove out some of that efficacy right there. It's also shown to be promising with, uh, there are a lot of properties that have proven out in preclinical trials, animal trials, so uh, trials in rats, which generally translate in, in the medical world to human application. Not always, but generally speaking, CBD has shown to be anti-inflammatory, help with some autoimmune disorders, can help with sleep aid, arthritic pain due to anti-inflammatory property. There's, there's a pretty long list and it can really touch a lot of different areas. Research into cannabis, as we have discussed on the show before, is just now getting more and more attention. One country, though, has pioneered medical research into cannabis, and that is Israel. Researcher Raphael McCoolum has been called the godfather of this type of research. Cannabis was used in the Middle East for thousands of years. As medicine. Who knows, maybe for other things as well. Many of the tribes at the time used cannabis. Assyrians used it for medicine, used it for excitation, as used it in religion. The Egyptians used it as medicine. Surprisingly, the Greeks and the Romans didn't know about the uh, psychoactivity, but they used uh, the cannabis as an uh, anti-inflammatory drug. Cannabis in India was used by people who want to be delivered from all worries and care. Well, that's quite a good definition of anti-anxiety. We knew that cannabis had been used for epilepsy. In the past? In the past. There is, for example, a translation of Arab story of the 15th century, and it says that one of the Arab leaders had epilepsy. Physician came over and gave him cannabis, and it cured him, but he had to take it for his entire life. So the field kind of told us, try it on epilepsy. We first tried it in animals, and it worked. So at this point, we decided to go into humans. Trial took place in Sao Paulo. They had about 10 people that had epilepsy that could not be affected by the known drugs. We started giving them high doses of cannabidiol, 200 milligrams per day. And you were producing the cannabidiol from hashish? For almost 40 years, we didn't produce it. We isolated it. We separated it from hashish. Hashish contains about 4%, 5% cannabidiol. So it is really quite difficult to isolate, to obtain uh, large amounts, but we did that. We were happy to note that indeed they had no seizures while they were taking cannabidiol. And it was published and nothing happened afterwards. So far, 34 years later, this is the only publication of cannabidiol in humans. So how will we consume CBD in the future? Well, I spoke to Mason about the recreational and medicinal marijuana market in Oregon. He estimates that there are over 500 products on the market in Oregon today. Oregon, where we operate, because federal prohibition is still in place, 
we can't participate in interstate commerce. So everything that we grow here in Southern Oregon has to be sold in a in an Oregon store and a licensed Oregon retailer. And Oregon has a little over four million residents, but the regulated cannabis market is expected to approach one billion dollars in retail sales just wow. this year. So it's already a fairly healthy market, even though it's only two years old really. Uh, Oregon passed its recreational law in 2014 and implemented it in 2015. So we're really only two years in here, and it's already a billion-dollar retail market. And so you already see a fairly developed array of products that include, like, beverages. I know that there's a ginger beer. There are two cold-brewed coffees. There's a soda line. There's an ice cream line. Dozens and dozens, if not hundreds, of vaporizer cartridge brands. Uh, or brands of oil that you can vaporize through a small pen device, over a dozen chocolate makers, all sorts of candies and capsules and patches and balms. I'd say there are over 500 branded processed products available in Oregon already. We're only two years in, so (laughs) that, that number will probably only go up for the next couple of years. Now, I've interviewed quite a few people on the topic of THC before, and what some people call superweed, it's the type of cannabis people get scared of using. Some of it, they say, is just too strong. It's the reason people from the 70s or 80s, for instance, say that cannabis has changed and it's much stronger today. Mason Walker had one of the clearest answers I've ever heard to this problem. I like to use um, alcohol as a comparison of where I think this will head in cannabis. So during prohibition of alcohol in the U.S., people made moonshine. Uh, bootleggers made the strongest possible alcohol they could make because it was efficient at getting people the desired effect that they want to get them intoxicated. The same thing happened during prohibition of cannabis where breeders and growers grew stronger and stronger cannabis, stronger in THC, the intoxicating compound that's found in cannabis. So as we come out of prohibition here, I think we're going to see the finer notes of cannabis, those other 400 plus compounds, get some focus both in the breeding side and in the growing side and then now in the consumer demand side as well as people learn more about cannabis. They don't necessarily want moonshine all the time. They want the option of having a light beer a cup of tea, a glass of wine, uh, you know, a cocktail, maybe moonshine sometimes. You see that split starting to happen here. And I think that split will continue to happen with more education uh, when people learn a little bit more about the subtlety that cannabis has is offered. And once we establish a better way of labeling things based on their effects, uh, once the industry gets better at that, I think we'll see it uh, stratify a lot like how mm-hmm. alcohol has stratified. For now, there are a lot of folks that want moonshine, but I think the further we get away from prohibition, uh, the, the more it will, it will divide into people wanting subtler experiences. Mason is very passionate about CBD and especially the education behind it. The good news is that there's more research being done today than ever before. For Mason and the team at East Fork Cultivators, that means they have an opportunity to educate. That's why he's created something called CBD Certified. It's a course that ensures the people that you get your CBD from is certified in the education behind it. So we're a farm. We employ 12 people, but we are part of the cannabis community, and we take that very seriously. We see the promise that this plant and this industry hold for 
human health and wellness, and we also see the ways that it can be abused. And so we're taking upon ourselves, we launched a program called CBD Certified because we saw a need. There was a large education gap around the science of cannabis, and not just the science, but just even the, the basic level of effects that you can get from different uh, types of ingestion methods and, you know, types of cannabis, some of the things we've been talking about on this call. And so we brought on an education manager. Her name is Anna Simons, and she, over the last three months, has been developing a curriculum that will be about 45-minute long presentation. And she did that in partnership with scientists and health professionals and researchers to try to find the most relevant science-based information around cannabis, but more specifically CBD, what it can and can't do for different ailments, um, cultivation methods, what matters when a plant is grown, the differences between cannabis and hemp currently. And so she'll be presenting that in stores all across Oregon to retail uh, staff, sort of the front line of this industry, that most people that buy cannabis in Oregon only interact with the person in the store that's helping them buy whatever product they're buying. There's this whole industry behind them that's working really hard to make these really interesting things. And so we're taking it upon ourselves first, just as a company, to launch a, a certification program to help certify stores. And once they receive that certification, calling them CBD certified, it means that at least 50% of their floor staff have been trained on the science of CBD and will be left with materials that they can relay to people that are curious in their stores. Our long-term goal with the program is to make it an independent organization, uh, an education-focused nonprofit that we can spin out from underneath our umbrella of our company and have operate independently with a whole bunch of partners throughout the industry to support it, to make sure, have it be a resource that can provide uh, the most recent cutting-edge scientific and medical research about cannabis to the cannabis community and then uh, also to the public. We appreciate Mason coming on TGSP. It's exciting. Cutting-edge scientific and medical research is becoming more than just anecdotal. CBD is fascinating. In fact, I have a family member that's currently on it seeing great results in terms of inflammation and arthritis. We'll have more guests on the Green Scene podcast to talk about CBD and all that is this fascinating and ancient medicine. Thanks for joining us on TGSP this week. We hope you like the show. Don't forget to go to our website, www.thegreenscenepodcast.com, subscribe to us, and rate our podcast. We'll catch you next week.